What an honor it was to chat for a bit with Justin Maurer of Social Enneagram. Despite a few technical distractions, my neighbor decided to use his hammer right outside my window during the recording, my AirPods stopped working, etc. I think this episode is amazing. Justin really let me into his head and did an incredible job of talking through the complexities of a Type 5. The Type 5 is our true investigator, or as Justin prefers to call himself, the explorer. They are capable, independent, and innovative. If you know a Type 5 or have ever met one, you would be impressed by their ability to observe the world around them and to develop complex ideas. Because of their need to be competent, they can become detached and isolated. At their best, they are objective, insightful, and pioneering. Listen as we break down some of the key aspects of the Enneagram as they pertain to the Type 5. You will learn so much as you hear Justin share about the strengths and the struggles of the investigator. I'm doing really well. How about yourself? Good. Thank you again for doing this, for participating in this podcast interview. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your family, where you guys live? So my name is Justin Maurer. Um, I'm married to Tori Maurer, um, and we just had a son back in November um, that's going to be turning six months here in a little bit. Um, We live in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, my wife works in ministry full-time, and then I'm okay. a graphic designer and identity branding and kind of jack-of-all-trades. Okay. Okay. I see that you have guitars hanging behind you. Yep. Is that also a passion of yours? Oh, yeah. One of many. Okay. <laughs> Very cool. So tell me, we're going to talk more about this, too, at the end, um, but I know that you and your wife have the Social Enneagram Instagram account. Tell me how you guys discovered the Instagram. I'm sorry, how you discovered the Enneagram and what your journey has been with that. I came across the Enneagram myself probably seven years ago. Um, I honestly think that I was in like the trenches of Reddit, if I'm being honest. Um, (laughs) And I I had done things like Finders, um, Myers-Briggs. Always kind of felt like it was like I was being put into a box and kind of summed up. Um, right. saying, hey, you're, you're, you fit in this mold, become a brick on the wall of society and do your part, you know, and you'll, you'll never yeah. be anything different. And I've never cared for that very much. Um, so whenever I discovered like the language of the Enneagram, um, it felt like there was a, a big shift for me personally um, yeah. in having the ability with this language um, and these perspectives to share really like the inner workings of how I am, like those intricacies, and then also um, growing a lot of empathy towards other people with their perspective as well. Yeah, I would say that that's how I discovered it. And then, um, of course, shared it with my wife. And she was kind of like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And then it was like, (laughs) boom, nailed her. And then um, the rest is pretty much history up to this point. Okay. Okay. So how did you discover that you were type five? Um, I was reading about the types, um, also saw there were a bunch of tests going, like kind of floating around. The main one that I saw at that time was, um, on Enneagram Institute's, uh, website, yeah. which is, I, I still think it's the top resource for, for, uh, inst- uh Enneagram information. Um, yeah. I didn't take that test right away, um, mainly because I just didn't want to 
pay for it. I'd rather read about right. it first. Um, and the five started to kind of like highlight to me, kind of started to click some stuff, um, specifically yeah. with the things that I had never really told other people. I didn't quite have, like I said, that language to explain like, hey, you know, I really do have like a lot of interests, but it's hard to like say that like I'm a master at anything, you know, so right, right. little things like that that uh, started to really click for me um, and that I took like a free test somewhere um, uh, scored as a five um, okay. knowing what I know now about tests um, I was probably pretty lucky to, to nail it first try <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah m my wife actually um, she, she can probably go into a little bit more detail but she actually was between a three and an eight originally um, okay. and she okay. is one million percent an eight <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So. Well, no, I'm glad you mentioned that because we're also going to be talking to Tori um, on the type eight episode. So I'm excited to hear from both parties of a marriage. <laughs> it's always fun. Um, so tell me in your words, how you would describe a type five? Oh, um, so the way that I would describe it, um, I don't really like the word observer. I don't really like the word investigator. Um, for me, it's more like an explorer to every degree of what that could entail, um, whether it's exploring right. topics or, you know, different hobbies, um, even different careers. Um, yeah. I generally can, if somebody asks me if I can do something, there's a good chance I can probably do it. And right. for me, it's not so much a prideful thing. It's like, oh, well, no, I actually like, did a bunch of research about it like years ago and I actually right. know about that topic really well and I can actually like right. do something about it. Um, yeah. So I feel like I have like a pretty good knowledge of a whole lot of stuff. I won't say pretty much everything, um, mm -hmm. but I will say that like more times than not, I can contribute. Um, and so for me, I would describe like myself as like an explorer um, mm -hmm. and wanting to understand the universe around me. Um, Right. as well as that's with what's within me um yeah. firm believer of you know there being so much on the inside as there is outside that I can see so I'm on that journey right that's good I like the last thing you said about there being just as much on the inside as there is on the outside because mm -hmm. a lot of us don't take the time to to see that or to realize that so that's that's good I know that that's top priority for for a type five mm -hmm. and I also like you're using the word explore. One of the first things I want to talk about with you is motivation, mm -hmm. um, because I know that you know that's um, of utmost importance with the Enneagram. It's not like other typing systems that just talk to us about the outward ex uh, expression or the outward behaviors, but it really deals with the inner motivations of why we do what we do, how we perceive the world. And so for a type five, uh, that means uh, wanting to be competent, wanting to, like you said, there's so many different things that you're interested in and they, a type five really likes to master the things that they're interested in. Um, and then they like to explore reality. They like to reduce the help of others um, or reduce the need of help from others. How would you um, say that that comes into play in your life? Or can you give us some examples of how you see that motivation play out? Yeah, um, I, could, I could tell you um, that at any point in time, I am thinking about how we're going to colonize Mars and if we're going to terraform it. Um, that's a pretty <laughs> common theme of me thinking um, about um, the Pentagon releasing the UFO like footage and like confirming it, even though it was confirmed, you know, 
a few months ago and released. Um, all that stuff is like mega, mega interesting to me. Um, right. So I have like that hobby of like, oh, the conspiracy side of me. Yeah, I'm going to dig and dig and dig and dig and dig. But then right. in my hobbies, um, I mean, I started out with like a ho- a hobby of photography in high school. I liked photography. Okay. It was cool to take pictures. I used to skate. So yeah, we make skate videos. That was fun. Cool. Well, all right. Um, I'm going to go to college for it. So I go to college for photography. While I'm in college for photography, also start messing around with video. This is pretty cool. I really like this. I'm going to start doing videos. Well, I started doing videos. So um, needed to make money. So got into wedding photography and product um, photography for all sorts of like commercial uses. Um, and as I was in that world, I had more and more people ask me, oh, can you just put text over this? Like, can you like put our logo on this? Blah, blah, blah. And really started to enjoy that. Man, I'm going to get into design. So I go back to school for graphic design. <laughs> And so what you can already see is like all of these hobbies can like start to turn and in my opinion, for me and what I've experienced, they've turned into um, almost career paths. Um, And so like I was a full-time musician for a few years. Um, I love Mm -hmm. music. Um, I'm still a musician, but I'm also a full-time graphic designer. And I also have a motorcycle that I really love um, working on and mm-hmm. love hopping on and learning about. Um, right. I'm also, I also know a lot about sports and I'm really athletic. So I'm actually really good at playing sports. So I, it's, yeah. it's again, one of those things where I've really just, it's that exploring like, Hey, this looks interesting. This looks appealing. Okay. Well, let's just push the limit on what I can like, what's my stopping or my breaking point. And I haven't hit right. that ceiling yet. Um, yeah. the fear is always that, um, I'm going to, you know, fail at it or I'm not going to know enough about it. And for, for my early years, um, probably my early twenties that really plagued me with, um, accepting jobs or taking on new, new projects because I felt like I really wanted to be a huge master of it before I would apply myself. And now, you know, I'm 29 now entering 30 in a few months. I really feel more than ever like, Oh no, I can say yes now. If I don't have, you know, 100% of it figured out, if I have 90% of it figured out, that used to be a no for me. But now it's a yes. I'll figure the 10% out. And all of a sudden, I'm refining these things. Quarantine has been a wonderful, wonderful thing for me. Um, Okay. I'm I'm set up here in um, a home studio here um, that I'm really fortunate and privileged to have. It's got all my stuff in here. Um... And this is kind of like, I've just started calling it the black hole. Um, (laughs) And so I've really enjoyed not having to like go into the office every day. I don't, I I mean, privacy is a big thing. I don't like people looking over my screen. It's just one of those pet peeves for me. Um, (laughs) So, you know, that that is a very practical way of things playing out for me right now of being a five. Um, When you talk about these interests, typically for a five, do you want to learn about everything? Does, do you want to get like get a good handle on everything, or is it just mostly the topics that really interest you? Um, every now and then, I might chase a random rabbit hole. Um, I would like I'm trying to think of something recently that I can share that wouldn't be like super embarrassing. Um, <laughs> like the other day, I was like really like looking into like airsoft guns, mm-hmm. like. 
because I was watching these people um, playing it. And I was like, man, that looks fun. It's like paintball. That sounds cool. Like, that's a good time. Yeah. So I'm looking into all this stuff and looking into, like, all these all these different kind of, like, things for it. Um, right. But generally, I do find things that I'm into. And when I hit a stream, like, I will, I will go, go, go yeah. into it. Um, and I'm pretty right. much like the I dive head first into it. Um, when I decided I was really going to chase after this music thing for a while, like for the next three years, it was nothing but music. Um, and now I still have that and I'm, I still continue to make music and continue to still record and stuff, but it's not my main focus. I've kind of shifted that focus. Not that I feel like I've necessarily mastered it, but I got to a point where I was like, I feel good in this. I know that I can deliver. I'm going to keep chasing that next thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. So I want to talk to you about a couple of the aspects of the Enneagram. There's so much, it's so complex. Um, we can't get into everything today, but one of the things that people hear a lot about are wings. Mm-hmm. And for those that are listening and might not know, wings are the numbers to the side of your type, your main type. And I like to refer to them as resources. Some people use one more than another, but you can definitely tap into both of those um, types. For you, do you find that you use, um, in the case of a five, it would be either a four or a six. Do you find that you use one wing more than another? Definitely for me. Um, and there's, okay. there's also beliefs that, that maybe wings don't even exist. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I recognize that some people might just feel like they are strongly a number and that's it. And that's totally okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. for me, I feel like the language of wings is helpful with some of my motivation. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a five wing four, um, okay. And I, I mean, there's times where I also feel like I could be a four wing five because I have such a strong wing. Um, yeah. Because of that, like, it, it, I'm really kind of like a walking um, contradiction. Um, and, you know, the Enneagram map showing us, you know, all the numbers there and five and four being right beside each other, but not even connected yes. that space. That That's yeah. actually like, there's something there to it. Um, and that shows a real big disconnect between like the head and the heart. Um, and I can feel that in a very weird way. Like I'll be deeply moved by works of art or if I'm working on project, like if I'm, I'm getting ready to do some, some merch for somebody for like an artist and I'm about to like dive in and like be so attached to this work, um, and, 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 and put a part of my soul into it, but it might take me three days to process how I feel about something that took place for me individually. I find that my four wing um, is really like kind of like a fuel to my to my jetpack that's a five um, mm-hmm. and it really fuels kind of like my my driving of wanting to understand and it's yeah. all because I want to make something that people could feel and you did make a good point because I agree I feel like some people are very dominant in their type and may not show much of the wings um, but I know that for a lot of people, it does come into play a lot mm-hmm. and really influences their type. Um, so that's, yeah, that's really good. Um, let's talk a little bit about integration and disintegration. Um, we'll talk first about integration. Um, and so these are the lines and arrows that connect us to different types and what that looks like for a five when they're growing, um, when they're integrating, they get to a type eight. I like that you mentioned that you also um, are good at sports and you like sports. I think that's really good for a type five. Oh gosh. Because um, for a type five to connect physically with his body helps him get out of his head a little bit, um, use that energy. And I think it's a very healthy practice for a type five. Mm -hmm. 
So when we are talking about this, what happens is the five when integrating or when growing um, goes to the healthy side of a, a type eight. They become more self-confident, more decisive. And it's interesting to me that your wife is an eight. <laughs> I find that this happens a lot that c couples are connected in integration and disintegration. Yeah. Um, and that would be something fun to talk about. But you tend to be more physically active when you're integrated, trusting your instincts, becoming more assertive and confident. What does that look like to you? Um, for, for me recently in the past, it's just having that confidence that I can deliver um, on, on what I say. Um, yeah. And also speaking up, that was a big thing for me, like a, a common theme for fives as, ch mm -hmm. as children was we either didn't have, you know, very much privacy or we had um, not very much of an ability to share our own thoughts or our own perspective right. opinions. Um, right. And so we would create a safe place in our head for it. And so yeah. I find that I've become so much better over the years at verbalizing um, opinions, perspectives, desires, needs um, yeah. to those who I trust, which is a very short list. but. I have to I have to verbalize that to them nonetheless right. um, and really like just trusting myself I think fives um, I, I, I there's we're, I feel like we're really few and far between um, mm -hmm. but I, I feel like a lot of times we don't trust ourselves um, yeah. and it's that like we're trying to fill that hole with with knowledge information all the cliches all that stuff fives you know right. you already know that if you're a five but um, yeah. just trust yourself. And, and I'm on that process too, where there's times where I second guess myself and I'm like, no, I know this and I do it. And yeah. I'm like, dang it. Just like, okay, next time, trust your, trust your instincts and go with it. And then I do that the next time and it works out. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, before we move to disintegration, I want to just touch on something with you. Cause I think a lot of times people look at fives and they think it's a negative thing that you can be so introverted or that you pull back um, and are kind of keep to yourself at times. But at the same time, I think it's important that people understand that that's not always a negative thing for fives. Um, and people, well, I get a lot of questions. How do I, I'm, I'm married to a five or I have a five in my family. How do I draw them out? How do I relate to them? And so I think it's important for people to understand that if you are being quiet or if you are um, kind of removed or on the outskirts of an event or what's going on, it doesn't mean that you're having an unhealthy moment or, it, or that you're not doing well. Mm -hmm. It's just a, uh, one of the main characteristics of a type five. You mentioned at the beginning, a lot of people use the word observer. Um, it's not my favorite either, but I do know that, that type fives tend to be observers. And a lot of times, instead of participating in what's going on, maybe um, more presently and um, more actively, you are on the sidelines observing what is going on. You're in your head processing all the different emotions and things that you see going on. How can we help people understand that it's not always a negative thing and how can they, um, how can they either give you the space that you need or um, understand how to relate more to that? Yeah, great question. Um, I, I'm probably a, maybe a good example for this or maybe the worst because I have a very, very <laughs> opinionated, strong uh, voice about this. Um, okay. Because I do believe fives get a bad rep. Um, it, yes, we're probably gonna be more quiet than other people. Um, 
and I th and I think of an example, and I'll just use this this kind of like to to you know give a little bit of where I'm headed with this. If you've ever seen the movie Moneyball with Brad Pitt, yeah, um, the person that he gets to help him, I'm blanking on the actor's name, um, but he's a numbers guy. He's analytics. He looks at like. Um, batting averages and he, he knows the numbers and he knows, hey, if we put this person in this position, we're going to succeed. This is what the statistics are showing us. Right. And sure enough, it starts to work out for them and they ended up, they end up changing the way that um, baseball players are drafted now in the major leagues. Um, yeah. I, I would wonder if he was a five because if you, if you actually gave him a bat and asked him to swing, he might be terrible at it. He might be terrible at baseball mm -hmm. himself. But because he's standing on the sideline, he actually might be a better baseball player in people in his head than the players are themselves. Right. Um, and I think that a lot of times fives will do this thing where we stay on the sideline, stay on the sideline. We can get cynical because people aren't doing it the right way or we're skeptical because we don't know it or it's new territory. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm very much a, a cliche five when it comes to a new like party or hangout. My wife is extremely extroverted. She's extremely mm -hmm. people person. Um, and in my own way, I'm actually a very people person too. She's a, she's a people person as in like she could corral the masses, but I could lock in on one person um, for an entire night. And that, you know, that goes more into like some stances, but um, and I know that you'll cover that at a later date, but I know yeah. that for me, and I think for a lot of fives, we really can resonate with like, Hey, I'm not looking to get up on a stage and like try to get up here and, and win you over or woo you or like try to convince you. I'm not a politician in that way, but what I might do is say like, Hey, I care about you. And I want you to know that like, I wouldn't say that if I didn't mean it, my yeah. biggest, my biggest thing with Tori and my wife sometimes is, um, Hey, do you want to do this thing? Sure, that sounds good. Are you, wait, what's wrong? What's going on? Nothing's wrong, I'm fine. And it's just that, <laughs> it's that that same kind of uh, influx of my voice. I'm not going high, I'm not going low. It's just a, a confidence of like, yes, I want to do that. And sometimes right. it can sound robotic, but when a five makes their mind up, you better believe that um, they've thought it through and they've got yeah. some pretty good, um, some pretty good points back there or at least some some opinions or perspectives that they can share as to that and so when i'm in like a, a, a public gathering with new people i'm gonna stand on the sidelines i'm not getting in there um one it's exhausting for my for my battery you know like fives yeah. um meeting new people can be exhausting and also i'm just kind of i'm trying to weigh out like hey is this actually a relationship that i want to invest into um because I do think that I'm a pretty intricate person and yeah. I, I know that I'm not necessarily easy to understand sometimes. Mm -hmm. And people have come and gone out of my life that didn't want to take the time to. And so in this weird way, it's almost like a defense mechanism. Um, and I, mm -hmm. I use the term whenever we t you know teach the Enneagram, all numbers have like a distress signal that they're putting out. Um, and we oftentimes call it unhealth, but you know, when when somebody's acting a little bit off, instead of saying like, hey, you're being bad or like, you need to stop being like, you're hurting other people. Well, they might be hurting other people, but it's also a distress signal that they might be uncomfortable or in a situation that they're not used to. And so for me, those are those situations. Right. No, that's good. And I think that's so helpful and necessary for people to understand. 
Um, because like I said, I get that a lot and people just not understanding. And you mentioned the battery life, which I think is important too, to understand that fives just typically have a lower uh, battery capacity. And so I've talked to fives too. Um, I did a series in Spanish, a podcast series in Spanish. And it was really interesting because I interviewed four type fives at the same time. Wow. And to talk to them about about that concept and what that looks like to them and to hear them talk about how a lot of times people think they're being antisocial or think that they don't care about what's going on, but in their mind, they're kind of, it's like this file system and they're, mm-hmm. their mind is very active. They're filing everything that's going on trying to, like you said, trying to decide, am I gonna invest in what's going on? Is it worth talking about? Do I wanna put forth the, the mm-hmm. energy to be a part of what's going on? And so sometimes to just understand that and give the space needed, um, I think is very important for people that are, that interact with a five or that have a five in their, in their life. I think that's really important. Yeah. Um, I would say that another thing too, is that there's times where, you know, Tori and I have left a situation with someone and I'll, you know, we'll be in the car and I'm like, yeah, that person was wrong about this. It's actually this, 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 this. She's like, why didn't you say anything? Well, it's because I knew they wouldn't listen. Um, and a lot of times fives, I find myself in those situations. I can almost be in a third, like a third person view where I'm like almost observing, kind of taking in the whole situation and like have it like a 10,000 foot view of what's going on. And I'm like, hmm, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. I can invest in this for a little while. Okay. So let's talk a little about, about this integration. And this is kind of where we go when we're under stress, um, how we behave when we're going through something that's tough. And so for a five, they go this time to a side, the side of uh, unhealthy side of a type seven. And so what does that look like? They can become a little bit hyperactive, um, a little bit disorganized, um, a little bit scattered, can get carried away by impulses, which they typically wouldn't do mm-hmm. um, uh, in, in normal situations. Um, they can become unfocused, distracted. Can you give us some examples of what that looks like um, for you? It basically could be boiled down to, I'll, st- I'll have every intention of wanting to start a project and take something new on, or maybe I take on two or three things um, and I don't finish them. Um, I'll have every intention to, and I, and I might even get, you know, 75, 85% of the way there, but I can't bring it home. Um, which can be really strenuous on my relationship with my wife. It can be really strenuous on other people that might be um, relying on me. So for me as a five, my word is is everything. Like my name is really important. Um, and so I, I deeply care about like delivering and, and saying, hey, when I say that I'll do something, I'll do it. So if I'm not completing something, it's definitely a, a time of stress for me. Um, and that can swing back and forth as, you know, like it, like it could be five minutes, you know, like these unhealthy, like the conversation of the Enneagram is hopefully getting better at this point with um, stress, you know, and like integration and disintegration where we realize, hey, it's not a month at a time or even years. Like it, it could be a sequence of five minutes where you go from un- unhealth to health back to like just regular abiding in your number and then maybe swinging back up to a healthy state. But for me, I know that that like distraction, scattered minded, um, definitely take, comes into play. And my wife will make a joke at me sometimes. She'll come into the studio, ask me a question. She's like, I can always tell how productive you're really being whenever, um, if you don't have 10 different windows of finder open as well as 30 different tabs and, four different Adobe products running at the same time. 
Um, <laughs> and so it, it's one of those things that like sometimes, you know, your computer screen can actually let you know what might be going on in your head a little bit more than you think it can. Right. Yeah, that's good. That's a good indicator, I think, for, for a type five. That's funny. Um, so tell me what's your favorite thing about being a type five? <sighs> I, I would probably say, um, for me personally, um, my favorite thing about being a five is the gift of perspective that I get to have. Um, I feel like in a lot of ways, it's all, it's very similar to a nine almost for me. And, you know, there could be other fives that don't feel this way. Um, right. We're all individuals, but I, I really feel like I can see not only the other side, but what could be um, yeah. really easily. That imagination really takes off for me. Um, right. And so, you know, having actually working with a seven for me is actually somewhat of a dream because I feel like I can like fire from the hip on some ideas and they can electrify yeah. it or they're shooting an idea to me. And I'm like kind of like expanding it um, and kind of like building a world out for it. And I, I really right. it's the only way that I've ever lived, of course, to my knowledge. Um, and I've I've always been like man, if only I could just get what's up in my head out here, yeah. I think that it would be special. And I think that a lot of fives right. probably feel that way. Right. No, that's really good. Um, so on the flip side of that, what do you think is your biggest struggle being a type five? Um, I hate the battery thing. I, 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 I wish that I was um, able to like go and go and go and be more energized by people. Um, right. I, I think that if a five were extroverted and like basically like leaning towards people, um, they'd be pretty dangerous in the world yeah. as far as like if we want to look at successes that. Um, but for me, that's a top one as well as just that that hesitation to not apply myself in certain situations. There's things that I kick myself about every day where I'm like, man, why didn't you just do that thing? Why didn't you just like... Why didn't you step up to the plate in that situation? You know that you could have knocked it out of the park, but right. um, you you doubted yourself in that moment and it passed you by. Um, mm -hmm. I think fives are brave, of course, like other numbers are, but it's that like hesitation that can just get me so tripped up, which is what happened right. with like social Enneagram. I had the idea mm -hmm. for over a year and I didn't wow. tell anybody about it. And then literally in the first five minutes of me telling my wife, she'd already made an Instagram handle for it. And we were <laughs> scheduling to post stuff the following week. That's crazy. I'm like, great, okay. And so do you think, we touched on this a little bit before, but you think that that hesitation goes back to um, feeling like you just don't know enough about it to step out or to move forward? Is that where the hesitation comes from? Um, I think for me, it's almost like a childhood wound of um, not not having the uh, opportunity to do it for myself, like not having the opportunity to step out onto a limb myself and like go for it, um, right. not being encouraged to at a younger age. Um, yeah. And it might not have happened for everybody's um, life, their entirety growing up. It could have been just one time and all of a sudden that's your childhood wound. You're, you know, it solidifies that you're a five. That could be yeah. the case. That's, that's wonderful if that's, you know. Um, but for me, I had a pretty constant theme of 
not, you know, having the ability to provide input into a situation or scenario or my surroundings. And so how that looks like for me in my adult life is questioning if I really do have that ability to do it. Um, And I have the freedom to, but it's just funny how in a very primal way, I'm guessing at the very bottom of it, am I, am I allowed to, to apply myself to this? And then it starts to evolve into, I'm not good enough at this. I need to, you know, be better at it. I need to understand it more before I can step, you know, out and do it. So. Right. Right. Um, so I like to wrap up the episodes asking, um, everyone the same question. I think it's really Mm -hmm. important to hear it. And so, I want to ask you what you need from those closest to you, whether it's your wife, Tori, or other family members, close friends, but what you need from them to be your best version. Yeah, it's, How can they help you? That's a great question. Um, giving us our space is, is always a, a huge one. Um, little check-ins mean a lot. Um, my wife is incredible at... Um, there's little things that she will just take care of for me because I'm literally like being a cosmonaut in design <laughs> in design outer space. And that means so much to me. Um, and not that it's her responsibility to do that every time. I definitely can be better about, you know, setting a reminder or something. Um, yeah. But little check-ins like that are really special. Um, giving us time to process giving me time to process is is really helpful um when we have arguments she's she's an eight so she's right there in the moment she's getting it all out she can she can sum it all up and it's big and it's big and by the end of the conversation she's done majority of the talking i've done the listening and the conversation's over and i haven't even gotten to share what's going on on my perspective and so it could be a day it could be the next day i'm like hey this is what I feel about this. Sometimes fives need that. Um, and, and it's not that we're holding grudges It's at all. It's just one of those things where like, we actually like, we take time to process what we really might be feeling. And, it, and it's kind of like a delayed effect for, for fives, um, for yeah. all the fives that I've spoken to. Um, it's pretty yeah. similar. So those two things are, are really huge. Um, and just encouraging us, I think, um, I've told my wife this before, like my biggest critic um, is myself with my work and my biggest fan, the person I'm trying to impress the most is probably the people that I care that are closest to me the most. So my wife. So if I'm sharing something with you, like, please don't be on your phone, (laughs) you know, like scrolling while I'm trying to show you this deep part of my soul that I've just poured out. Um, and that, that can go across the board for anything like that. But, um, if, if you're invited into, into my head, um, it would mean a lot if you would, you know, come and check it out essentially. Right. Right. No, that's good. And just to kind of add on to that question, um, how can those that are close to fives, um, how can we respect that distance and not take it personally, not think it's he's down in his black hole uh, using your room as a reference but he's there because he doesn't care how can we flip that and not see it that way but understand that we need to give you that space and not take it personally yeah well first of all let me address fives and say that 
you probably don't need as much space and time as you think you do. Um, that that's where you can get unhealthy with it, and you can actually like hoard some of that if you're not careful. So you know, I'm all about the Enneagram being more of a thing that kind of busts your balls than it does like make you feel good about yourself. Um, so I will I will say that first, but secondly, like yeah, we do need that space. Um, but it would probably mean a lot to you, to the people around you if you also do the checking in too, if you send the text first, if you invite them somewhere to go out or whatever, um, or invite them into your space. I know for myself, whenever um, I have people over or I'm like working with you know different clients or artists or whatever, um, and they come into here, my battery actually like magically can feel like it's extended and it's a little bit longer mm-hmm. than it normally might be. Um, right. so th- that's really helpful for me. Um, and I think it could be uh, helpful for other people. Um, and then don't be afraid to let people in, in the first place. Um, yeah. there's a reason why people might be feeling that you're, that you're being, um, standoffish. You actually might be standoffish. And mm-hmm. if the, the quicker that you can come to terms with the possibility of that, the quicker you can become aware to make a change. Um, because I, I've said this from day one when we were when we've kind of started social Enneagram and as we teach and even just as we grow together through the Enneagram the Enneagram is not necessarily just for you Um, self-awareness isn't for you it's actually for the person right next to you it's for everybody around you Um, and so the the quicker that you can become more self-aware the better you're going to make the world because you're less of a pain in the butt to deal with (laughs) Um, and so, you know, I, I, I say that and I know that I'm guilty of sometimes, you know, basically hiding in my hole down here in the black hole. Um, and my wife's like, Hey, I miss you. You want to watch something? And I need to, I need to be aware of that and say, yeah, actually, sorry. I've spent all day in here and I've been working, but like, you know, this isn't like my living space. I can go out and about. Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, so you mentioned social Enneagram again, before we wrap up, can you tell us a little bit more about that project, how people can find you, what you guys do with that? Yeah. Um, we started social Enneagram, um, a couple years ago, um, with just an intention of, um, we had a bunch of people asking us information on it. They, they, we started kind of repeating ourselves we were like, Mm -hmm. all right, uh, what if we just like put it on you know somewhere that it could all be centralized um and we can share what we're learning we can like offer challenges but what if we also like um really tried to make it conversational like as Mm -hmm. conversational as it possibly could on a social media platform that just promotes love and acceptance um and so that's kind of what social enneagram was birthed from um we went strong and hard for a year posting every day um and it got to the and it got to the level where it was almost a full-time job um and so we we really really pulled back this year um just because we we saw a really big shift in the Enneagram conversation across um social media platforms and uh we just wanted to make sure that we were contributing um the kind of information and the kind of language that's going to actually like you know evoke change um, and transformation. And so we, we, we pulled back and we pressed pause. Uh, we, you know, we've tapped the brakes at this point and, um, we haven't posted anything in a long time just because, um, we believe that the Enneagram is special and there's people out 
that have been teaching it for 20, 30, 40 years. Um, and so we're not in any rush to be uh, trendy or, you know, you know, up, up running above, above the pack or ahead of the pack or anything. Um, we want to be timeless right. and we want to be, be helpful. So if you want to take the information that we have, um, you can find us on Instagram at socialenneagram.com or not .com, but at socialenneagram. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the, the most beautiful thing about it is just the people that have invested, you know, they've shared, they've shared such personal stuff and it was really beautiful. Um, so, yeah. All right, Justin. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, I hope that people will go check out Social Enneagram because I follow it and you guys, even though you haven't posted for a while, have great information there. And I think it is very helpful. So um, I encourage everybody to go check that out. And I just want to say thank you again for spending the time doing this with me. And we look forward to hearing from Tori <laughs> on the next episode. To get to know today's guest even more, you will find links to their personal accounts in the episode notes. Thank you for listening to the Discover Freedom podcast. Continue to learn more about the Enneagram by following along on Instagram at Enneagram underscore Discover Freedom. You can also find me online at www.mistyescobar.net to learn more about the coaching services that I offer. This is Misty Escobar, and I hope you'll connect with me again next week as we hear from another Enneatype.